0: Hey everybody, it's that time of the week. Elm Park Rules podcast is back, sponsored by Blue Collar Street Food. Here today to discuss a 3-1 victory at St Andrews yesterday, Reading coming from behind to beat Birmingham and take three points back to Berkshire. Joining me today, Alex Everson, is Matt Lansley. Matt, how are you doing?
1: Not too bad, thanks Alex. You?
0: Yeah, pretty good, pretty good after yesterday. Can't complain. And we've also got Sam Stevenson joining us.
2: Hello. Sam. Hello.
0: Good to have you on Sam. Thank you. So yesterday's game going into the game with one team change Sam. Jordan the beater dropping out completely from the squad uh, being replaced by Richards. Uh, Any any complaints about that? Any surprise?
2: Well I mean given the result I can't really complain can I? Um, I think given the amount of Games that we not games that we have recently, but having that long game midweek meant that we probably had to rotate. I would have expected more rotation to be honest with you. Um, but no, I, I wasn't particularly surprised and it and it worked out for the best. So I was, I was fairly happy with that. Um, it gave us a little bit more width, I think given that um, I don't know, Abita looked okay um, during the week, but I, I really liked Richard's going forward this season. So I think, given that we really needed to get something out of this game to kind of put us back firmly in mid-table, um, I think it was probably the right call.
0: And Matt, we discussed on the last podcast around how the starting eleven was very close, probably, to being our strongest eleven. So you didn't weren't too disappointed, I'm guessing, yesterday with the lack of changes.
1: No, no, not really. And I think the only one that that was made with Obieta was probably the right one anyway, um, because he he struggled in the week against Sheffield United, Obieta um so like i think it was it was probably probably for the, for the best that he came out i don't know if he had a slight injury or, or if it was just fatigue because obviously he wasn't on the bench either um but um but no yeah the the back four i was i was completely really happy or well uh, the back two anyway more um not more sorry Miazga and uh, morrison i was really happy those two stayed the same um i think it's going to be interesting to see obviously we we've said it before but how um the more captaincy or club captaincy is now obviously managed because you would have thought he would have come back in midweek, I think. And I think now he hasn't come back in, uh, in the league as well. He's throwing up questions, but, I, but I'm perfectly happy with, with the, um, with the defensive partnership the way it is at the moment. So, and um, yeah, we, we, we spoke about that We're we're probably quite close to knowing our best 11. I think we're pretty much, uh apart, apart from, you know, a rotation here and there, I think pretty much what, what we saw yesterday, you can pretty much say with quite a lot of confidence now that is our best 11.
0: Despite it being probably our best 11, it was probably one of our worst starts to a game this season. Uh, Miaska's header back to Raphael after about four or five minutes was very short. He didn't seem to realise that Hogan was running in behind him and didn't really give Raphael a chance to get there, Sam. Uh Hogan had a very easy finish for
2: 1-0. He did. I thought it was a good finish. Um, but yeah, you're right. It was it was kind of a, a give me, wasn't it, really? And and it was a real shame given that um we'd had a pretty good show in midweek and it felt like we kind of dropped back to Wigan levels of of quality. Um I think as far as Miazka goes, um there's probably an element of communication being a bit of an issue there. Um he hasn't played that much recently. Uh and so I don't know, given that it's been more Morrison for the last kind of, what, third of the season or more, um, I think these things can happen, but it was incredibly disappointing. And it made a pretty tough away game feel even tougher. Um, it was, yeah, it, wasn't, it was not a good start at all. But um, as we all know now, we kind of managed to get something out of the bag and, and Miaska was also involved in that. So I'm not going to complain too much, but it was not a good start, not a good first half.
0: A question that we did have on Facebook from uh, Paul was: Why are we starting so slowly? Because this isn't the first time. Is, obviously, Sheffield United we conceded very early yesterday. We conceded very early. Do you think it's just one of those like things, or is it down to the team just coming out of the trap slowly?
2: Well, there's got to be some element of like the way the team set up, I guess, because yesterday it was it was an issue again. I mean, I would have put. Yesterday, maybe down to the long game midweek, given that it was basically the same team um, that started, you know, that long game on um, Tuesday night. But we've been doing it quite a lot recently. And and that suggests to me that we're coming out and playing a system that doesn't necessarily work against the opposition we're coming up against. And then at halftime, we're having a rejig or, you know, as the game goes on, um, uh, Bowen's making a few minor changes maybe to position or telling players to drop deeper or whatever, and that's cu- and we're coming into the game. But we're definitely starting games the weaker team um, quite consistently, and that is an issue. Um, it was an issue again yesterday, and if Birmingham be- had been more clinical, um, they could have easily been three or four up by halftime, and then we absolutely would not have got back into the game. Um, it's definitely an issue. I don't really have an answer for why, um, but it does feel like uh, we're not set up correctly. So maybe it's like a, an issue with kind of tactics prior to the game, but Bowen's pretty good at shifting. Um, but yeah, I don't really have an answer to that one. It's just a, a frustrating kind of string of, of issues at the moment in regards to, to the way we're starting matches. Uh,
0: as you said, Sam, Birmingham definitely could have been three or four up. Rating were pretty abysmal, to be be frank. That first 30 minutes was just awful. <laughs> Um, the the midfield was very poor. Couldn't string a pass together. Players running down blind alleys. And Matt, I mean, Birmingham had a brilliant chance to make it two nil from from Scott Hogan. Not quite sure how he misses. He's spooned it over from less than a yard out. Um, what were you, What were your thoughts, Matt, on the rest of the first half?
1: Um, pretty, pretty much the same. Pretty much the same as you. Really. It was. It was just incredibly. It, it, it was just slow, it was lethargic, it was it, it was a woeful, woeful half and but I think most of the most of the chances that Birmingham did get were from our mistakes. Um it, it wasn't it wasn't exactly like Birmingham came out absolutely um absolutely flying even though they did, you know, score really early, they had then that Scott Scott Hogan chance. Um virtually all their chances were coming from coming from mistakes and I mean there was mistakes of plenty in that first half, there was loose passes everywhere, just, um, a a few times, just incredibly slow on the ball, just does, does one, two step overs and runs into someone, it seems. And then Birmingham would counter. Um, it, 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 did just seem like that. I know Bowen said it in his post post-match interview, but it just seemed like there was just, just a hangover from, from the week. And to be fair, after you've, you know, you've played, you know, 90 minutes, then 120 minutes in the week, you know, you, it, you can kind of um, see not, the recent see why it's happening. We, we, yes, yeah, see, see what see what's happening, and 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 um, it was the question about obviously the, about having slow starts. Like I think we, we haven't seen tons of slow. Well, we we have seen slow starts under Boeing, but we've also seen some very quick starts, and I think the slow starts seem have seemed to have come in the past couple of months. And when you look at the last couple of months, are the amount of games we've played um, and the length of games we've played, you know, we've we've had, we've had a few full 120 minutes plus um, penalties. You know, we've had an incredibly congested January. I think there's a lot that can be, you know, that can be attributed to that. But the fact that we're we're coming through it, obviously the other side, I think is a a good positive. But I think for how woeful we were, I I still think that there wasn't really many chances that, or a huge amount of clay-cut chances Birmingham had. You know, there was that Scott Hogan chance, which it should have been 2-0. There's no two ways about it. It should have been 2-0. But apart from that, there wasn't a huge amount that Birmingham created.
0: I mean, outside Birmingham <laughs> creating chances, as you say, they didn't really have much in that first half outside of the Scott Hogan miss. Reading had a couple of chances during that first half. And uh, the chance after about half an hour, 35 minutes, which Mete had probably should have been a probably should have scored left foot from about eight, nine yards out and he's put it almost straight at the keeper there. And Elise's Elise's tried to follow up and he's had his, his shots deflected and gone out for a corner. Sam, Maite's finishing, he does score his goals. Is his mm. finishing still a worry for you?
2: Maytay, mm. I think, is always gonna be one of those players that's a bit of an enigma, right? You know, he tried that overhead kick an almost overhead kick in the first half that went, it wasn't that far over the bar. The thing with Mete is he'll miss the chances that you think he should be putting away and then he'll score ridiculous screamers from nowhere and and finish off chances that he really shouldn't have any right to to be scoring. Um, I think we just have to get used to that. I think Mete is one of those players that's always going to blow hot or cold, always going to frustrate, sometimes going to score. I think that's what we're going to get out of him. And I think when you look back on his career, when he finally leaves Reading, we'll say he's a player who somehow consistently scored goals when we needed him to, um, even when he wasn't playing well and when the team wasn't playing well. So it's not a worry for me because I think at this point, Mete is a known quantity. Um, and I think given that we've got Zhao to come back and it sounds like he's getting closer, um, Prishkas is starting to play a, a better game as kind of a hold-up man. Um I think Mayta has actually probably been more useful the more Pushkas has kind of dropped in and actually picked the ball up and, and brought other players into play. So I'm not too worried about him. I think he's um I think he's becoming a more useful player as the season goes on. And I can forgive him taking stupid shots from, you know, wherever and trying some ridiculous acrobatics, as long as you know, he scores 10 or 15 goals a season, which he seems to be consistently doing at the moment, regardless of how well we think he's playing on the surface. So it's not a worry for me, but it is, it can be frustrating at times. I definitely, um, definitely appreciate that.
0: This is his second season now with, I think it's 12 goals he scored last season and then he's on 12 or 13 this season as well now. Um, so he's, he's definitely guaranteeing his goals in that sense, even if his finishing is sometimes a little bit questionable. Um Pushkas had a volley as well, Matt. Which he probably made the wrong decision at that point in the first half, smashing it over the bar from a very, very tight angle when he probably would have found yeah. a better option just by squaring it across, Matt.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, you could probably you could probably forgive him for for taking the shot. I think um, it 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 was a tight angle. It was a congested box, but you pull it back from there. You, anything could happen from there. Um, to be to be fair, out of the first half, those two were probably the only two that came out of it having a pretty good half because i thought i, I thought Mate and pis were both both pretty good in the first half but yeah that 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 chance and i think had he well you you, you never know what what could have happened had, had had he pulled it back but it's 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 definitely one one that he'd probably look look back on and do slightly differently i think so and the
0: push as well went down just before half time it looked Potentially, from the away end, it looked like a penalty. Had a couple of people say it's a dive. I know Paul was one of them who said total dive, definitely not a penalty. From the away end, it looked like Pushkas had been fouled. What were your thoughts on it, Sam? Penalty, not a penalty?
2: So in real time, I didn't think it was. I thought it looked like he went down far too easily. However, I then got a plethora of texts through from people who were watching streams saying, wow, you know, that could have been given. It would have been soft, but... I think it's probably best to just chalk it up to that, right? It's one of those where if the referee had given it, you might say, okay, I've seen it back now and it looks like there was a little bit of a push. Um, if it had been given, you'd say, why is the why is the defender given the referee the opportunity to make a decision? Um, but it definitely would have been a soft one. But still, you see him given. And, um, Very I'm similar quite, to Tuesday. Absolutely, yeah. And I, I think I'm quite happy to see our players play that game a little bit because I think... One of the complaints throughout the Stam era a little bit, although we did have Danny Williams, I guess, stepping up to the plate, but also the Clement era and, and even a little bit under um, Gomez. Our players aren't nasty enough and you see other teams coming and bullying us off the park, bullying the referee into giving decisions their way. And I think like I'm not saying I advocate cheating, but... um you see enough players, you know, take a knock, try and stay on their feet and get nothing. So I, I've got no issue with players going down, to be honest. I think it's part of the game. And um, and if he felt a push and it looked like there was a push, fine. Like it, it could have been. It could have been. Play, but, um,
0: playing, to, playing to win, Sam, I think, is the uh, expression, not cheating. It's, it's you know, it's, <laughs> it's gamesmanship, isn't it? Like, you it's know, you just, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You,
2: just, yeah. you just you play the game and, and you know that. If you don't do it, your opposition absolutely will be doing exactly the same thing. Um, and you know, same as at the end of the game when the Birmingham fans were booing our players for taking their time to you know do anything and time wasting, the been on the other foot they would have done exactly the same thing. So I'm, I'm you know, I don't think it's that bad. I really don't. Um, and I think I think it could have been given. So I'm, I'm fine with that. And I'm, fi- I'm quite glad that Pushkar actually you know is trying to play for that kind of stuff. So it's, it's good. It is good.
0: Half time, one nil down. Their reaction at halftime was not great. And uh, I, I was going back and forth with with Eric and with Paul around the game. And they, they kind of said it, it felt, well, I said to them, it, it kind of felt a little bit like the Wigan game in the sense of uh, Reading were either going to turn it around or we were going to capitulate and really get creamed in the second half. Thankfully, football's a game of two halves and Reading, Matt, second half were everything that they weren't in the first half. First to every ball, looked much more dangerous going forwards, much more clinical. And um, about six minutes into the second half, Miaska atones for his earlier error, gets a great, great goal and equaliser.
1: Yeah, it was, it, was, it, it was a stunning finish. And, and like you say, it was, it, it, it was the proverbial game of two halves, this. Um, and I think... But like, like I said Birmingham in the first half they weren't doing anything anything really that that good. a lot of their stuff was coming from our mistakes so you kind of thought if we come out you know hopefully Bowen would would lay into them at, at, at half time and just you know t- turn turn everything around and, and and it did and and it, it really it really showed you know you come, you come out quick you get get an early first. Uh, you Get an early goal back, and it was a fantastic goal from Yaska. It was a it's, it's cliche to say, but it was a striker's finish from a from a centre back. You know, it's one that if Puskas scored, you'd be absolutely screaming at. Like, yeah. yeah, the proper was... proper
0: volley, wasn't it? Oh, About ten, ten yards out,
1: mm. and
0: he's volleyed volleyed in off Rinnermoser's cross from the right hand side.
1: Couldn't have caught and... it any cleaner.
0: Yeah, he couldn't have. It couldn't have. Couldn't have call it in clean. One thing I did notice after that goal was the first person to go and grab the ball while everybody else was off celebrating was George Priscus. Yeah, taking it straight back to the centre circle, and that was that was very pleasing to see. That we didn't. He didn't look particularly satisfied with the fact that we were one-one, and wanted, yeah. to, wanted to still go on and get that get that winner for us. I
2: want to. I want to add something in here. I want to roll back slightly to the end of the first half very quickly and just say. There was a period, maybe 10 minutes before half time where it felt like a lot of our fans were booing this, but we were trying to keep possession and slow the game down a little bit. And there was a period of about 10 minutes just before half time where, yeah, we weren't really going forward with the ball, but someone had obviously made the decision somewhere, whether it was Bowen shouting from the halfway line or one of the players on the pitch saying, look, let's get it down. Let's just slow things down a bit. And we kept the ball quite well. Um, In the last 10 minutes of the half, our possession stats jumped quite significantly. And I feel like that, obviously, you know, at halftime, there was obviously a conversation that needed to happen. But I felt like Birmingham became less, um, I was less worried about Birmingham scoring towards the end of that first half. And it felt like that change might have started actually towards the end of the first half. I don't know if if you guys noticed that at all or if it's just in my head, but... Like, I, I had people around me screaming, going, get it forward, you know, get it in the box. But I was like, no, like, this is good. We've been terrible. And and we're now getting the ball down and we're just trying to pass it around. And it's simple stuff, but it's a building block, right? Um, and then we came out second half and obviously hit the ground running and carried that trend on and actually did something with it. Um, I'm not sure if that's something you guys noticed, but I just wondered if... If um, if it was something you noticed, and if you think that was a player on the pitch, or whether it was Bowen or or what, because obviously Bowen's got all the plaudits for the half-time team talk, but obviously I feel like something happened towards the end of that first half, and we did try and change the way we were playing. Hundred percent, and
1: and I think it's, it's it's pretty important. You actually brought brought it up, to be fair, because I think I, I think a lot of people have looked looked at Bowen and you know question question tactics, but I think so, something like that comes comes from the sideline. Yeah. yeah and and i think it, it it was incredibly key that key that we did do that because you, cause we we were struggling for for you know 30 minutes we were really struggling and you know yeah. you get into half time um 1-0 down after you've been struggling that much you know you almost come in, in actually quite satisfied you're only 1-0 down and you come in at 1-0 down you're still in the game and you yeah. have then a chance to to come back in the second half it's it's incredibly key to <clears throat> do something like that, and the fact that you know whether it was Bowen—I th- probably think it would have been Bowen—that that that that, that, t- that told them just to you know slow down a bit, just 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 keep keep the ball for a bit. You know, we 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 need to get a bit of get a bit of control here. You know, it's it 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 it, it was probably a key part of the game because because if 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 if, if we if we kept kept punting it for because we we were struggling to to keep keep the ball. You know, we Puskas and mate were saying. Very little of it in the first half. What yeah. what they were seeing of it, they were doing quite well. But you know, we were struggling to to get the ball up to them. But it was it it was it was a key part in the game. I think it's good that, good that you brought it up as well. I think so. And I said it.
0: Talking of taking control and uh get, I guess, giving Bowen a, a very good platform. Five minutes after that goal from Miazga, set piece for Reading. John Swift free kick from a pretty deep position maybe 40 45 yards out puts it straight into the area and this goal was very reminiscent to the goal we scored against barnsley a couple of weeks ago except for the fact that this time matey actually managed to get his head on it and not fall into the ball mat
1: yeah it was it was it was a fantastic header as well like I've, i've watched both 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 goals back as well and um I I really well I I don't think many football fans rate Lee Camp as a goalkeeper, but his his, his attempts to save both shots are quite comical. It has to be said. Um, the first one he might have been able to do something about the save, like but Matej's goal is just a brilliant header. It's straight down into the ground and he, he bounces it into the top corner. You know how how he gets the power to bounce it from the ground up to the top corner is a brilliant brilliant header. Um, but it's it's it's, it's Matej's best. Best attribute really, his 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 aerial threat and his his aerial ability, and I'd, I'd I'd probably be interested to see how many of his goals he's actually scored with his head. It must be it must be about sixty percent or so I'd say because it, he he is he is deadly with his head. He's big strong, and when he when he can head the ball like that, you know, there's not many not many keepers he's gonna gonna be able to to uh, keep that out no matter how bad uh, Lee Camp is or the opposite keeper. So.
0: And he's become a handful at set pieces, Mate. Every oh, yeah. time Swift has a free kick in the last month or so, he's looking for Mate running mm. into the yeah. running in, and he is hitting him now more and more consistently. I'm still not completely sold on Swift taking corners, but uh, I guess that's a, that's a topic for another day, Sam.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I think like like you guys were saying, I think I think actually one of one of the things I'd add to that is that. Now we've got Pushkas kind of firing a little bit more and playing better as a hold-up man. When the ball comes in, you're seeing, you know, if, if, if Mateo doesn't get his foot on the ball first, uh, head on the ball rather, sorry, first, um, you're seeing Pushkas chase down those lost causes. Um, that we, maybe, we, we didn't have anyone doing that the first half of the season. Um, and that's why we're seeing things like the, you know, potential penalty call in the first half, because we've got players that are actually chasing those what were lost causes earlier on this season? So, I think you're right. I think Matei's been has been great. Like when when it comes to things like the aerial threat in the box, his physical presence, he is um, probably our best kind of target man when you're taking free kicks or corners. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's good that we've got a couple of strikers now who can kind of bully players in the box, and we've got Zhao to come back, who's also a, a, a big guy. Um, so I think you know we're in a pretty good position in, on, that, on that front. Um,
0: On the subject of Zhao, Sam, how do you think he fits back into the team? uh, There's there's definitely a conversation to be had that Maytag doesn't really deserve to be left out, and Zhao's not going to play on the wing. So, from my perspective, it's very difficult to see Zhao just slotting straight back into the first eleven.
2: I think we just do what we've done for most of the season, and we play the team that's winning until it stops winning. So... um, Um, we had that run where Charlie Adam was, was playing really well and he came into the team. And as soon as it started to fall apart again, Adam was straight out. Um, I think it will be the same with Joe. I think um, he'll either wait for an injury or, um, or, you know, just rotate because of tiredness. But I mean, it's not, not a bad problem to have, right. Having a, a decent striker and hold up man who is available to come in whenever you need, need him to come in um, once he's fit again, obviously. Um, so I think it's gonna be hard to get him back in. Um and Zhao will have to probably wait for his wait for his turn. But um yeah, um it's what a great issue to have, right? What a great problem to have to deal with, um, as Bowen. Um it's yeah. Yeah. I think um I, I feel pretty good about the last third of the season, right? This is this is our opportunity for players like Zhao and Pushgas and and um and even Maytay and, and um, any of the other attacking players to stake a bit of a claim for next season. Because this really feels like that transitional season where if we can finish the season um, on a bit of a high. Um, so, you know, we get a few more wins be- between now and the end of the season, a few more memorable draws maybe. Um, we can go into the next season feeling pretty strong. Um, so players like Zhao coming back in have got everything to play for. Um, even if it looks like we're probably going to finish mid-table, it's still um, a great opportunity for them to come back in and stake a claim. So I don't think it's a, a case of him just sitting around doing nothing and waiting for his term. I think he should be pushing and training and trying to get back into the first team um, and just waiting for either Pushkas or Mete to have a bad game or pick up an injury. Um, and then prove that he's the player that should be starting next season.
0: I Yeah, I totally agree. I agree. Can't see a can't see a way that the attacking players in the next eight nine games however many games we've got left now are it's not going to be easy for them just to be complacent because there's there is a lot of competition
2: there now for yeah.
0: spaces. Um, and we're getting
2: bulldog as well. Uh, yeah, like exactly. we've, got, Bulldog's we've obviously got there exactly. We've got loader
0: loader is still around although whether he's going to get into the squad for the next couple of months is debatable. I guess sure. now he seems to have been hmm. kind of cast aside a little bit by Bowen.
2: We've got, but we've got kind of a free pass now between, well, between now and the end of the season, right? Because it's, it's unlikely that we're going to go down. It's unlikely that we're going to get playoffs. We're very much mid-table, and I think we're pretty comfortable. So Bowen could start experimenting a little bit between now and the end of the season. I mean, obviously, you want to make sure we're actually safe. It's only a, you know, a team at the bottom getting a few wins and us losing a few games, and we're back down in it. But it seems unlikely. So this seems like ah as good an opportunity as any to start experimenting a little bit. Um, try and get the best out of the players that he's got and try maybe some new formations, new new ideas um, and start to get an idea of what he wants to do over the summer um, because, yeah, I mean, it, it just, it feels a lot better, doesn't it? Um yeah, there's, not, it there's nothing to
0: be too worried about for the last couple of months. It's uh, a relatively, relatively smooth sailing, I guess, now from now to the end of the season. We shouldn't be too concerned about going down and
2: form into next season. There's no reason why, uh, you know, the last few years I've said, yeah, aim for mid table. That would be excellent. But based on Bowen's form since coming in, if he can keep that up next season, there's no reason why from the start of the season, we couldn't be looking at playoffs. That's not to say that we're going to start the season with a bang and go on a run, but you, you've got to be optimistic about next year, given, given the kind of, I know it's been up and down, but Bowen seems to have always found a way to kill a run of bad results. Um, even if it's not pretty, he seems to be able to find a way. And I think that's been the issue with managers over the last five years or, or so. As soon as things have started to fall apart, they've really struggled, struggled to rescue you know, the morale and the confidence and all of that kind of stuff and, and put an end to that run of results. But from the, the short time we've seen Bowen this season, he seems to be quite good at saying, right, OK, we're going to rotate players. We're going to try something new. I don't know if he always knows exactly, you know, whether it's the best thing to do or not, but it seems to have worked and he seems to be confident enough that he can just go and, you know, rotate half his team um, to try and try and put a a rest to a a run of bad results. So yeah, I'm pretty confident about next season and sorry, I know I've kind of taken this away from talking about Zhao, but it was just, I think at this point, like any player coming back in and any player that gets an opportunity to play this season at this point should be thinking about next year um, and staking uh, uh, um, staking a claim for their place in the, starting 11 next season um, because it's you know there's no real pressure at this point so it's a good opportunity to go out there show what you can do um, and yeah just just hopefully be in a good position going into the summer to um, to go for something next year
0: night no, it's nine games no pressure and just yeah, as you say look look to build for next year and it's a question we did have on Facebook from uh, from Peter Matt is how far can the squad go if we do finish 12 do you reckon we're do you reckon we'll be be in contention for the playoffs? I know Sam mentioned Bowen's record this season so far, and I think we looked yesterday on the way back from Birmingham. and We,
1: is it fifth or sixth fifth. underneath Bowen? now? Fifth, yeah, yeah, it's fifth. Fifth, <laughs> is that Bowen took over, and I think. Wait, wait, when 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 you see when you see those 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 sorts sorts of sorts of stats, you know you can't you can't be positive really looking forwards because you think because like 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 you say you do start to wonder what can Bowen actually do with this team you know he hasn't had a pre-season he's only re- well he didn't really have much of a january trans- transfer window obviously prob- um, probably due to what we did in the summer um but it, it 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 just makes you excited to think you know what what can they do and i think i do think um maybe not you know you can't say oh we'll definitely be nailed on playoff contenders but i think it's it, you know, the aim next year isn't going to be, you know, the, you know, the mid-table, um, uh, solidi- uh, solidity kind of uh, result that we've been craving for the last few years. You know, we can actually look at next season and think, right, let 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 let's set let's set the aim of, you know, pushing for the playoffs and and making that next step to that next level. You know, you, you know, you don't want to obviously um, run before you can walk, but. But, you know, I think the foundations that Bowen has put in has is, is been incredibly, incredibly good. I, I don't think you can underestimate really the job that he has done taking a team that's been perennial faili- failures, seemingly, and t- turning them into actually, you know, a resolute team that actually wants to fight for each other. You know, they, they, they're happy to do the dirty side of the game as Bowen has pretty much been nailing into them since he's come in. You know, the, he's made them this really tough, to play a team that just doesn't roll over anymore, you know, even when we go 1-0 down it was one of the most satisfying things about yesterday as well, you know, coming from a goal down away from home you know, against a team that was what was it, 10-11 unbeaten you know, if if, if 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 that had happened you know, um, last year or a few seasons back, again it's you get into the cliches of saying that, that, you know previous teams would have just collapsed, you know after a mistake from the defence from from Miazga, you know the the team would have just capitulated, but you know they they know how to ride out these these tough sections of games, and 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 it's the foundations that obviously Bowen have, Bowen's laid defensively, and and it just it it gives you a lot of excitement going forward. because I think we said on the way home yesterday as well the the points return of Bowen this season mirrors very closely that of the the Rogers um, Mcdermott season. When when Brendan Rodgers was in charge, got sacked. It was around was it late October time, very similar to Bowen, and then but and then uh, and then um, McDermott obviously took over and um, got I think what was, I think, was so points, I, think six, I think it was sixty five or so points. I think I think it was sixty
0: sixty six in the end in the yeah. uh, early that season. And yeah, I, I was looking at that earliest day actually, and we're actually on the same points total after the same amount of games as we were that season. So it was it'll be very interesting just to see how the season now pans out and.
2: Mm.
0: I know one thing that we did mention just before we started today and Sam said it and Sam wants to kill off any talk of the playoffs. And I think there's probably a very small section here where we should just consider the fact that Reading are now only eight points off the playoffs. with nine games to go. Teams above us are very, very inconsistent. Preston have lost three in a row. Bristol haven't won in the last five. Cardiff have only won one in the last five. Matt, is there any chance of the playoffs or are are they dead?
1: um you can never you can never say they're dead until they're dead it's 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 incredibly unlikely like, like i think we we have had so much we've had so much crap just served us served up over the last few years i think i think we can fans can be forgiven to getting a little carried away um with things but 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 the reality is we we're, we're 9 points off relegation only 8 points off the playoffs you know we're closer to the playoffs than we are relegation again and like you say, it only takes a a couple of bad results from the teams above us, and you know we'll be four points off the playoffs. And we've got, a, compared to some, we've got an incredibly favourable run in. You know, so like like it's it's going to be unlikely. Of course, it's going to be unlikely. But but you know, it's anything can happen in football. Anything can happen. You know, you need uh, to win every game. Oh yeah, 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 hundred percent. You're going to need to. Well, going to at least need to probably win seven, draw two. To yeah. actually give yourself a realistic chance, but i mean it's it's a chance you know and it, it, even if it's not a chance if if we if we win you know five six games and finish you know eighth, ninth in the table, what a finish that is to the season, you know compared to where we were when Bowen took over and the the stick he got when he when he took over where we've been in the past few years that's a remarkable remarkable season and and it will just hopefully that will just give us momentum. Into the summer and um, into next season.
0: Yeah, I think I agree. I think it's going to take a an incredible run, and we've won three of the last five. But I think realistically, we're going to have to win eight of the last nine or nine of the last ten now to to even give ourselves a shot. It's a very small, uh, very small possibility, I think. Um, back to yesterday's game. Just sorry, to <laughs> round it off. That's it. No, no worries. Just to round it off. Birmingham, basically, once we went 2-1 ahead, had all of the ball and all of the pressure, Sam. Uh, there was one moment in the second half. They didn't really create very many golden opportunities, I would I would say. But there was one moment in the second half when Bellingham looked like he was pulled down by Miazga when the ball came across. I've seen a few people say this as a dive by Bellingham, and I've watched the replay, and you really can't tell. The camera's a long way behind where sure. the ball is at that point. Did you think it was a penalty?
2: um i think more than anything i was just like oh shit like as yes, we kind of let them back into the game um but i mean i don't i don't necessarily think it was a uh, i think it would have been similar to the push gas one i think it was quite soft and i think it would have been soft if it was given you could have given it um and i don't think you would have had any complaints if it was given but that's football in the championship right and we've had just as many go against us this season, I'm sure Birmingham have as well, um, and we've also probably both benefited from, like you know, the Sheffield um, United game the other day. The penalty there was quite soft, and you know, you you can argue it was still a penalty, but it, I think I think across the board, it's just one of those that you kind of put under. If it's given, you say, "Why did the defender give the referee the opportunity to make that call?" And if it's not, you say, "Well, maybe it was, maybe it could have been given, but." Fair enough. Like it's it is what it is. It wasn't like a, a blatant hack or anything like that, right? It was just it would have been quite soft, I think. Um yeah. I think And I think actually one thing I want to quickly add, not just to that, but to Birmingham's performance in the second half and actually the game as a whole. Um I don't know if you guys would agree with me. I I might have been skewed a bit by the fact that I now live in the Midlands and talk to quite a lot of Birmingham fans on the way home. But I feel like if you removed the actual goals from that game and just showed someone a highlight package of all the chances. And it was quite an even game actually, um, across the board. It was a game of two halves to an extent, but I think, um, what it does suggest to me is that we were just more clinical. Um, I don't think we had significantly more chances than Birmingham. I don't think we, um, created tons more than they did. And I I definitely don't think we had loads, loads more of the ball, And we definitely had a slight, I think, advantage in possession stats across the whole game, but not by much. Um, I just think it's nice to see us come away from a game and say we were just clinical. Um, And it doesn't matter whether we deserved it or not. It was just nice to see us take chances. And we didn't have that many in the ones that we did have, especially in the second half we just took. Um, And I know I've definitely just taken us off tangent again for the second time this pod. But I just wanted to say that before we moved on and away from this game.
0: No, we definitely looked very clinical yesterday. Um, I'd certainly agree. We didn't have that many chances, but the chances we did have, we we pretty much just put them away. Um, and I think the game itself, yeah, very even. As you say, it didn't. Neither team really dominated in terms of chances. Neither team really dominated in terms of possession. It was just it was a very even game. Just decided on by one team being like, more like- clinical. Uh-
2: First game of the season, we played Sheffield Wednesday, right? And we lost 3-1, but it felt like the opposite of that game, whereby we were fully in the game and a draw would have been a fair result and they got that sucker punch goal right at the end and when we were pushing. And it just felt like that. It felt like a traditional championship game, like where both teams are fairly even, but one team's pushing and the other gets a breakaway goal at the end. Yeah,
0: uh, Yesterday couldn't really have been much more sky bet, if I'm honest. It was very, it was very, yeah. very, 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 very championship. Yeah. And, to finish the game off, Matt, a counter-attacking goal, basically to seal it with five minutes to go. Uh, Pushgas gets the ball from a clearance and a brilliant, brilliant turn. If You'll see it on the highlights package. A great turn by Pushgas, who plays the ball up to uh, McCleary. I've watched the replay now and the Birmingham commentator seems to think he's offside, not quite sure how, because he's onside by three or four yards. And you hear the co-commentator Tell tell his commentator no he's not offside in a very dejected voice. And uh McCleary lays it off to Pele, who manages to get his first goal for Reading. And it was a that was a really nice worked goal, Matt.
1: Yeah, yeah, well I think a lot of plaudits has to go to Piscas, uh, how he how he held held up the ball. We've talked about him already um this podcast and in previous weeks as well, how how much it's getting better. Um, but it was it, it was fantastic play from him. The, ter- the turn from him brilliant it was a brilliant pass into in into McCleary. and um, the finish finish from Pele was was it, it, it's just like you say, it's a very very well worked goal. Yes, you know Birmingham were pushing pushing players players up, but I mean there was it, it was still about two two on three. I think you know we weren't it it, it wasn't a full on you know um, Birmingham City gung ho attack which then went wrong. You know it it was it, it was very well very well worked and um i think hope hopefully it might give um give give pele a bit of a boost because i think he's had to he's he's had to um compete with a lot of coming he, he, he seemed to be such a stone wall in the team and he's kind of phased out of it now um but but i think whole a lot of credit for him and actually how he played when he came on he, he came on he was very very good he broke up the play a lot when he came came on and to, to get a goal just capped off the perfect perfect afternoon for everyone i think
0: yeah i'd agree it's pretty much the ideal end to a pretty good afternoon's work from reading up in birmingham so three points back to berkshire for us and we host stoke city next week in the championship quick couple of minutes talking about stoke matt stoke won yesterday against Hull city five nil um it's got to be their biggest win of the season i think for Stoke and would it a 5-1 not 5-0 consolation for hull but uh what, what do you think our chances are of picking up three points against stoke next week
1: um you'd hope you'd hope obviously well you'd you'd hope we'd 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 pick up pick up um three points stoke are very bad away from home but they're a bit of a an an anomaly team really stoke like since since um, O'Neill's come in and taken over, they've they, still been down near the bottom. But I think we were talking about it on the way back. Since Bowen took over, we're we're, we're fifth in the table, and I think Stoke were around about tenth or so. So it's like they're, they're still a they're still a very good a very good outfit. They they do have obviously quality in their team. Um, whether or not some of the players are more overrated than 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 they are good is probably a question for another day, but. Um you'd certainly hope, obviously, that, 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 that we can we can keep keep this run to the end of the season up, get another get another good good win at home. And um, I think everyone will be really bouncing then towards the end of the season. If if, if we can pick up another win against Stoke, it will it, it really gear gear up a, a fun end to the season, I think. So for everyone.
0: Yeah, certainly. And as you say, there's going to be a little bit more of a relaxed atmosphere. I think if uh, now that we've picked up the win yesterday, people people's uh people's worry about relegation has probably disappeared now sam and hopefully next week will be the team will be able to come out relaxed with a full week off to prepare for saturday's game
2: yeah i think we need it um obviously we've had three games in a week or just over a week um and one of them was obviously very long so i think having that week now hopefully they'll give the players a bit of rest time um and as I said, like, it's, it's it's a weird one, isn't it? Because, you know, you guys talking about the playoffs, I've just kind of been thinking about it there. And obviously, I, I think it's, a, it's very far-fetched. But I think, like, for every win we get on this, on a kind of, you know, as long as it's a bit of a run, if we win the next two or three games, I think people will start to get excited about the playoffs. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the pressure's off. Ultimately, we're not going to get relegated. The... I'm I'm sure that Bowen's aware that like this has been a a, a pretty good season and a great turnaround. Um, so it all kind of hinges on, well, I mean, you know, it is game by game now, isn't it? If we, if we win the next three, four games, I think people will be justified in talking about the playoffs. Um, and, and it means the end of the season is exciting. Um, but, but for me it's just nice to be able to, to go into this kind of run in, um, Thinking that we're 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 done and the summer's coming and we can look forward to you know maybe getting a few players in maybe letting a few players go and refreshing for next season um, and just getting ready just getting ready to go really. Um, but it was to
1: squash those uh, playoff ambitions before the. What,
2: you, no no. Do you know what's funny though? It, it, it's a weird one because if if you're thinking while I'm pain like The, yeah, the come, <laughs> but I'm thinking I'm thinking yeah, the summer's coming. This is great. We can plan for next season. That's fantastic. Um, but I guess for a lot of people, it gives them something to hold on to and some hope and some. Because I mean, bear in mind, like even though we've been absolute crap the last few years, we've always had that like elation towards the end of the season where we've we've realised we've worked out that we've mathematically survived, whether it was on the last day of the season or four or five games before the end of the season, and that's always been the, the kind of build up. It's been a build up to that. Whereas this season, like there isn't any build up to anything. It's just we're already kind of safe. Um, So I guess letting people get excited about the playoffs is, is something to keep their season going because I mean, let's be honest, if we were doing this every season and we were just comfortably mid table, this, this period of the season would be incredibly boring. It's, it's only an improvement for us because of the last few years. So yeah, I mean, if while playoffs are still there mathematically, um, if we get a couple of wins, I can absolutely see why people would be excited about them. Um, and I guess I don't really, don't really have an issue with that. I think for me, it's just more about, I, I really worry about expectations. Um, I think the last few years we've gone into every season and people have been like, we've spent loads of money. We should be going up. We should be looking at playoffs. We should be getting this or that out of the season. And I haven't necessarily agreed with that, especially the last few years, um, probably from that second stand season uh, where we didn't really invest properly over the summer and we lost a few players people still expected us to go one for, one step further than than playoff final um, the following season. And I just wasn't sure that was going to happen. And I think that's the only thing I worry about a little bit next season. And if we do have a bit of a push towards the playoffs this year, that if we come back and we have the same season next year, will that be enough for the owners? Will it be enough for the fans and the players who, you know, if we have a, a decent season and some of them show off, will they be looking elsewhere? Um, and I guess that's that's my real worry more than anything else. It's just thinking ahead, thinking about what fans want to get out of, of the next few years. Um, and yeah, because I mean, I, I'm not even thinking about the Premier League. Like personally, I'm just thinking about safety and not getting relegated and having a few good wins every season and not hating going to watch Reading.
0: Um, <laughs> so so while, while Sam decides that he's not going to hate watching Reading and it's not thinking about it's not thinking about next week but thinking about the next couple of years hopefully next week we'll be able to pick up three points sam you need to remember that there is a game next week not two years down the line
2: sure, <laughs> sure. yes but yes, uh, yes. I, can,
0: uh, I think there's definitely some there's definitely some reasoning for people to get excited if we if we manage to pick up a pick up a win next week maybe pick up a win against derby as well The midweek after that then hey why not people can people can definitely definitely hang on to that excitement just a little bit longer perhaps so yeah Yeah. join us next week when we will be rounding up the stoke game and we should be back next sunday with with that fingers crossed that we can get three points join us then to see whether we have picked up another win and matt's excitement for the playoffs continues or whether sam can finally Put his ambitions to uh, realize, yeah. put his ambitions to the core and, and quash our dreams at the playoffs as early as he can. <laughs> uh, so until then, it's been a pleasure, everybody. Cheers, Matt.
1: Thanks very much for having me.
0: Thank you very much, Sam, for joining me. Cheers. Thank you. And until next time, everybody. See you later.